Mike Sklenz, and welcome to episode 36 of Nintendo World Reports Connectivity. Uh, this episode, we've got a few wonderful little segments for your enjoyment. First off, Neil, Scott, Zach, and myself tackle some listener mail, including the topic of the show's namesake, GameCube Connectivity. Uh, after that, Carmine interviews independent game developer Jason Rohr about his upcoming title, Diamond Trust of London. And finally, we close out the show with a good old-fashioned round of Connectivity Jeopardy. Enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome to another rousing edition of Listener Mail on Connectivity. I'm your host for this, Neil Ronahan, and with me, I got Zach, Zach Miller. Cool, cool, cool. Andy, Andy Gergen. Cool, cool, cool. And Mike, Mike Sklens. I love our bed. <laughs> <laughs> this is our um, protest episode. This, I, Zach I, I and guess Neil this is our... in the morning. Nights. I, I thought this was supposed to be a listener mail segment, but I think it might have gotten hijacked already. <laughs> but I think we're going to we do community. I knew yeah. it. This is a bottle episode. There will be a later <laughs> segment about community and the video game episode, but for now, we are going to focus on the listener mail. And Zach, if you would be so kind, but to read the first letter. Oh, of course. Nothing would make me happier. Adolf Vega oh. writes... I know Nintendo has not shown off specs for a new console slash handheld in a long time, but do you think they need to with Wii U at E3? It doesn't have to be specific, just something like the Wii U has more RAM than Xbox 360, PS3, Wii put together times two. I sort of think that Nintendo needs to speak loudly uh, as to the power of the Wii U so people are no longer confused if it's more powerful than the Xbox 360 PS3 and see it as a real leap ahead. What are your thoughts? I My- don't think there is anything that Nintendo can do to make people not think that it is the same as 360 and PS3. Here's what they can do. Um, don't tell anyone any of the specs. Just show people how good it looks. Exactly. If it looks that, that, if it looks that yeah. good then it doesn't matter how much more RAM it has or how many gigaflops or fucking terabytes <laughs> or whatever this shit. Who, no one cares. The average consumer doesn't look at that shit. It's bits, Mike. Bits. Nintendo has always been yeah. like, been like Apple. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not, it's not about what like the, the raw specs are of the machine. It's about what it can do. If they show yeah. software that impresses at E3, it doesn't really matter what the specs are. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. if they had never yeah. shown the specs of the Wii, that would have probably helped out. Well, they never really did, but they made it, they yeah. made that offhand comment about it being about one and a half times power of the GameCube, and that bit them in the ass for years. Yeah. If they hadn't said that, I mean, granted, people would eventually have figured out that it wasn't an HD system, but <laughs> there, there wouldn't there wouldn't have been this this rash of jokes about it being two GameCubes duct taped together. Yeah, yeah, but thank God because I love that joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like the old Xbox three Xbox controller being two hamsters duct taped together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is. I always love that Penny Arcade comic where they're playing Halo with the original Xbox controllers, and, and they're, their controllers they're the size are literally of the... <laughs> five times bigger than they it's are. So good. I like it. I like the one with the bear. We've replaced Gabe's Xbox controller with a grizzly bear, and he says, Let's "I think I like it is... more." <laughs> but I mean going, going back to the graphic debate I mean it's at this point all those kind of graphic tech stuff it doesn't make as big of a difference as, as people think I mean of course no. you'll have people that will say you know the PS3 is way better than any other system but it's like 
I you put a 360 and a PS3 game side by side, and I think I'd be hard pressed to tell you any kind of huge difference. Maybe but, oh, yeah, a little something. PS3 has eight cores. Yeah. <laughs> eight. And the Octa-core. Xbox only has three, so should... clearly it's almost three times as powerful. They yeah. should just come out and say it's a 512-bit system. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the Wii 512. We're hitting a real diminishing return on graphics. Oh this yeah. Generation. This is the generation where this turn has started you can see a sharp sharp increase but throughout the generation hasn't really gotten that much better and from what you see of the tech demos you know the wii u is supposedly more powerful it doesn't i look exponentially but it's not supposed to be exponentially more powerful it looks really good but it doesn't it's it we're starting to hit diminishing returns the next xbox and the next playstation they're it's, not, not going to be the leap that you saw between the PS2 and the PS3. Exactly. I don't think you're ever going to see that again. They're going to do not the exact same, but a very similar thing to what 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 happened with 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 the Wii. N- Nintendo decided to just do it a generation early. They said there's a diminishing returns on graphics, and they're going to go ahead and not focus on that. And everyone said they were crazy. But Microsoft and Sony are going to pull the exact same shit with PS. Four and Xbox 720 or whatever. Indeed. Well, they already have. The Connect is Microsoft's next Xbox for the, yeah. for the next five years. No kidding. Or three years at this point. Three more years. <laughs> they, they don't. Want, I mean, they don't want to go any further. Then uh, they don't want to jump a whole system ahead. It costs them tons of money to do that. They can if they can squeeze a couple more years life out of this one. Yeah. Then they will. I mean, the one thing that I mean with, with the rumors that have come out with all the Wii U stuff is a lot of the developers that complained about it initially, supposedly their troubles were that they were taking PS3 and 360 games and just trying to put them on the Wii U with little effort. And that's why they would get frustrated, because it would either be exactly the same or no discernible difference. Whereas, apparently, from some of the developers that have been working on games from the ground up, like, I mean, you talk to Randy Pitchford over at Gearbox, who they've basically been making Aliens Colonial Marines for that system uh, as well as like or at least it's based off of the pc version as opposed to the 360 ps3 version and he's saying that that's going to be the best looking console version by far mm. and then you have people at ubisoft talking about killer freaks and other games that they're making from the ground up for the system and it's a lot better that's, that's exactly what happened with the gamecube if they made systems for the gamecube from the ground up it was probably on par if not better looking than the xbox but if i they think ported, rogue squadron Still yeah. is like the best looking game in the past ten years. No, it's I, the best I, I, looking Wii game out right now. It's yep. probably it was better looking than any Xbox game I ever saw. I mean, yeah. but you ported a PS2 or an Xbox game down to GameCube, and it usually had like a lot of frame rate problems, and it didn't look all that impressive. The problem, if, if if what you're saying is true, that's great. But the problem is they've got to convince people to make games for this thing as the lead skew. I have no real confidence that they can do that. Well, the point. middleware will get there eventually. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. I mean, I think that's the that's the thing is that there's also the other rumors that, uh, which I think some of these are, are pretty substantiated at this point, where like uh, Crytek with what was it like Cry Three or whatever the hell their engine is and yeah. Unreal. Um, there were early rumors that like both of them didn't work, but apparently Nintendo has been working closely with both companies to get those middlewares to work better on Wii U. So while, mm. while kind of letting them give them the tricks of the trade so that way they could have that be brought up and then other companies could easily bring their games to the system. I mean, I guess we'll yeah. kind of see how the Unreal Engine looks because Arkham City is coming to it. Yeah, well, look at look at this way. That Zelda tech demo they showed off, that was all running in real time. 
and that was built on you know early development hardware. That thing looks freaking yeah. gorgeous. It was really it, it wasn't a. a well, I guess it was. It was no, real you could control time. the You're camera, right. and yeah, yeah. And everything. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, that was a real time demo. I mean, <laughs> that was no, why it, you could control the camera. So it didn't have to real time. It didn't have to support player input apart from the camera. Yeah. So that's something that it's not having to cope with. It doesn't have to run all this logic in the background. It just has to run this series of animations. Yeah, no AI or anything. Move the camera. But that was built on development hardware. Surely, on final hardware, in a year, like a year after release, the developers will be able to make something that looks that good and is accepting player input at the same time. Well, guys, let's get real. We're not going to see that Zelda game be a full game. We're going to get a cel-shaded one in like two years. Yeah, oh no. Nice. I, now that they've shown off the CGI Zelda, not the CGI, but the the awesome looking like high graphics like awesome mature looking Zelda game that is the next one is cell shaded for sure yeah. I, if I've learned anything <laughs> in the past my expectations honestly it's probably going to work against them because this time I really hope the next one will be cell shaded and it, it probably won't be, won't be. <laughs> it's going to be the complete opposite yeah I don't really expect I don't I don't really expect to get games from Nintendo that, that look that good that's not what I want from Nintendo I on like I don't want a Mario game that makes me that makes it look realistic. And that's what these No, Mario won't look <laughs> realistic though, but it'll Metroid I mean, Metroid Mar- would uh would be a good choice for that. Metroid Other End looked damn good. It no, did. I I know it did, but you can take it to the next level. You can take the HD. You can you can give Samus nostrils, not just uh I don't know what that is. <laughs> but look at but look at Metroid. Me- Metroid's been made for consoles at least exclusively by Retro, a studio who has done nothing but make awesome Metroid games pretty much and Donkey Kong Country which was also awesome. Um and yeah. Team Ninja. It's not like EAD mm, is working on Metroid. I mean, they haven't given it to a to a development studio that's known for graphics besides Metro Me- Metro, Metro Retro and <laughs> an external development house that also is known for graphics. So right, yeah, Metroid will always be a graphical. Yeah, it'll always now. be good because they they focus on that. But other yep. things like like if you look at what the Wii was known for, it was known for things like Wii Sports and Cooking Mama, and I mean, sure there were some good looking games on there, but the games that the system was really known for weren't. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, so yeah. I don't really expect <laughs> Nintendo to make games that look that great. I just I just hope that the third parties are there this time. I disagree. I'm, Mario Galaxy Two and, and Mario Galaxy okay. One both yeah. look really. I mean, you're right. and I, I will guarantee you that right. we will all be Skyward looking at sword, E3 footage of okay. Pikmin Three, and we'll just go like, "Oh wow, that yeah, is Pikmin Three will look photorealistic oh, with a garden God, and then a million so little dudes running around it." <laughs> I, I, I think Skyward Sword looked looked good, Zach, but I wouldn't say it looked great. It looked competent. The art design in Skyward Sword is great. Yeah. The actual yeah, technical prowess. Great. I thought, is, I thought is it was okay. I thought it was good. It wasn't. It wasn't as good as Wind Waker. No, the, that's the look a, of the game. That's a hard. It was better than Twilight. Yeah, I mean, Princess, art design but... wise, yeah. I mean, I think Wind Waker will always stand out for some. Dude, people Link's Awakening it... was better than Twilight Princess. <laughs> I hate that's the Twilight right. Princess I said art it. Design. The uh, if you look at a game like those, those some of the better looking Wii games, if you look at them running on a Dolphin emulator in HD, they look really good. Yeah, and that's you know if. If they can pull that out of the Wii, I'm excited to see what guys like uh, EAD Tokyo can can do with the with a with a Wii U. So I think it's close to being able to confirm this. Wii U will be the generation of the Nintendo HD remakes, right? Yeah, I would hope so. Probably, probably the GameCube HD remakes. You mean? Yeah, or even yeah, yeah. or even Wii, or even N64 shit. Yeah. 
Well, uh, maybe not. That'll, th- those will continue being remade on 3DS. But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see because when Microsoft and Sony got access to this this higher presentation level, they used it to launch some really successful IPs like Gears of War and Uncharted. Yeah. So now, you know, with Nintendo, if you can give that to a good team and they can create a really compelling story and, you know, fuse so, that together with the technology, you know, what's what's going to be the new IP that they come out with that really takes advantage of all what this? What Retro is working on, what Monolith is working on. I think those are the two games that will be coming out for Wii U. Maybe what Silicon Knights is working on. You mean on. Eternal Darkness 2? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is yeah, almost no doubt in my mind that I think Eternal Darkness 2 is a thing. Everything that Silicon Knights has been teasing basically says we're making Eternal Darkness 2, and if they're not, they're fucking assholes. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would like to see a sequel to that. Because they've been t- they've been talking about how um, they're like they're, we're making the sequel to the game you guys all want a sequel to. It ain't going to be Legacy of Cain. They're never going to touch that game again. It better not be Too Human, because no one wants a sequel to Too Human. Unless they're doing a sequel of a game that they didn't previously develop. It could be a, a sequel to a Nintendo property or something. They're doing a Wii U remake of Metal Gear Solid 2. Nice. <laughs> I wish. I mean, honestly, if if if, if Team Reggie and, and, and company are trying to get hardcore fans excited about something they weren't expecting, man, that would that would do it. I mean... And that's yeah. a really mature, like, intense adult IP. It probably started development back on the uh, Super Nintendo or something. <laughs> yeah. I was doing some LinkedIn profile stalking to try to see if I can get any insight on what some of those in-the-dark Nintendo developers are doing. I was looking at a bunch of people who work for Retro, and I, I, I have a good feeling that we're going to get an, an Other M-like reveal this year, or there will be a trailer near the other, end of Other the, M? An, another Other M-type <laughs> reveal, where uh, we'll, we'll see whatever, we'll, we'll get a trailer, whatever they're working on, coming in 2013, because they staffed up like they basically just pillaged every other studio in Austin, Texas in about like July yeah. 2011 and that means I mean they they seem to be able to follow a 2-year cycle pretty well so August 2013 But the question Neil is will that reveal trailer make me cry Probably not but you're a yeah. little bitch so maybe <laughs> <laughs> Next question All right So yeah g- going back uh graphics cool uh, all right, I got the next letter. It's from Brandon, and he writes, Hello, Connectivity Crew. Three friends Hi. and I will be staying in the mountains. We have decided to bring some GameCube games while we are up there. Do you have any suggestions on some great local multiplayer slash co-op games for GameCube? Have you guys played any games that support the GameCube link cable, like Four Swords Adventure or Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles? Also, what are your guys' favorite GameCube memories of local multiplayer? I have one, but I can't say it because it involves bad words that I won't say. Oh. But it's a good story. I'm just not going to tell it to you. <laughs> Mike has a good story confirmed. Oh, okay. Can you at least tell us what the game is? No, we were playing Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, um, which is wonderful in and of itself because it is a game that you you absolutely have to cooperate, but yeah. you fucking do not want to. Everyone is out for themselves <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, Just like Zelda. That is my beef with Crystal Chronicles is that Someone has to be the bucket bitch. Yeah, and no one wants to be the bucket bitch. So you just have it, it descends into chaos where people are either like, like, you know, all right, all right, Bob, you're going you're gonna to carry the bucket. And he'll just be like, no, fuck you. And then he'll walk away <laughs> with the bucket and kill everybody. Yeah, yeah, we would do the same thing to the point where we had to have like 
a gentleman's agreement that this world has four levels. One of us is going to be the bucket bitch in each of it. <laughs> it's got to be. We're not, we're not going to get through it any other way. We will draw straws so you get to pick the order because no one wants to be the bucket bitch in the last level because that's where all the best loot is. <laughs> I mean, I, I really enjoyed playing that game, but it just would get so frustrating after a while. And that's the same thing with Four Swords Adventures because you'd get to that same point where it's just you would be screwing each other over so much that it would stop being fun. The multiplayer, yeah. not the multiplayer, it's all multiplayer. The battle mode in Four Swords Adventure was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. No, that's great because then you don't need to cooperate. You just kill each other. Yeah, sick the cuckoos on everybody. <laughs> that's the best one. I will say that every time I got a room full of people to play Pac-Man Versus, everyone loved it. Oh, yes. so For as much shit oh. as that game took for being, like, not an exciting E3 reveal... That game was so much fun in a room full. You know of what's so cool about that? There, you're going to see a game like that on Wii U. That was one of the demos oh, yeah. last year. If they don't, I want the proper version of Pac-Man Versus. I want them to re-release it on the Wii eShop, and I want to be able to play it. That would be so awesome. Yeah. Where each of us, each of the ghosts, is on a on a quadrant of the screen, and then the players just got Pac-Man down on the tablet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Please, please. Please give me pack that game. I don't know why they made it the centerpiece of that press conference. They spent like fifteen way minutes. I too feel much like time way too were much you time. at that E three? Yeah, I was at that E oh, three. Okay. So they they spent so much time and everyone was up just watching it and they're like, well, I mean, I mean, this is kind of cool, but it's it's just Pac Man. <laughs> why are they spending so much time on us? And they were doing that was the year where they were pushing connectivity yeah. very 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 hard. Yeah. And then, but when you got on the floor Good and name. played Pac-Man Versus, got it instantly. First time I sat down and played it, I was like, oh, this is like a lot of fun. It's impossible to show someone how fun it is, but if you put them in front of it for one round of it, they will immediately understand the whole thing and just I, freak out over how much they I like it. I should probably uh, rescue my old feature uh, that, I, that I did with GamePro that no longer exists on the internet anymore because they're dead. But I spent a lot of time with friends, uh, this was a couple weeks after E3 last year, where I gathered all the GameCube to GBA connectivity games that I could find, and we played them all. And we played Pac-Man Verse for like four hours. And it was a bunch of people, like, I think I was the only person that really knew about it before then. And it was a blast. Yeah, I bought that that Pac-Man 2 game just to get Pac-Man Versus. Because it came in a double pack. I think Game I think GameStop just gave me a copy of it. <laughs> it was a pre-order bonus for something I think it or no it wasn't a pre-order bonus it was like a but at one point after it had been out for long enough it was like only available some special way they re-released a two-pack that came with Pac-Man World 2 and Pac-Man Versus. yeah I think I had uh, Pac-Man World 2 and I've never touched it before yeah, apparently it's not that bad it's not that bad I think I might have even reviewed it for the site because <laughs> I had it and I was like well I got this it came with Pac-Man Versus. Oh, I gotta bust that out I need to find some more Game Boys I've got all the link cables are there any more uh, Game Boy Advance to, to GameCube connectivity games that are even really worth mentioning? Oh, I, think, I don't think I there think are. I think the Zelda one's great. I, well, I played that with four people. We all we went all in on that game and a bunch of link cables. It was a, awesome. Four Swords Adventures? It is the same problem as Crystal Chronicles. Oh, sure, because you, you're all in it for the rupees, but, yeah. but it's a fun-ass game, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. We, we fell so hard into Crystal Chronicles. Yeah, I had a couple friends that would always try to loop me into it. Those games came out while I was in college, which was oh. literally the fucking perfect time for them to come out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it was so good. I will good. say that you can't have a conversation about GameCube multiplayer without talking about 
melee. I mean, yeah, of course. Wow. Well, and yeah. and in all honesty, Monkey Ball with Monkey Target and stuff. Oh yeah, Monkey Ball was great. I mean, that, I think you know, Rogue Leader was by and far the best GameCube launch title, but Monkey Ball took a lot of time out of our. Uh, I distinctly remember going over my friend's sets. I would have been, uh, not to make you three guys feel old, I was like in 8th grade, I think, when the GameCube came out. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but but I remember on launch day, my friend got it, and I walked down the street to his house, and we played, you know, like, I saw, like, Luigi's Mansion and stuff like that. I think, no, Pikmin wasn't out yet, but there was a trailer for Pikmin on Luigi's Mansion. And we put in Monkey Ball, and I don't even think we, like, we didn't get the monkey target for a while. We were just playing the normal Monkey Ball. And I think we ended up playing that for like three hours or something. And I remember walking home from that and being like, that is the most fun I've ever had with another person in a video game. Yeah, Monkey Ball was probably the game I played the most on GameCube for like those three weeks before Smash Brothers came out. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, unfortunately, Monkey Ball kind of got tossed on the side once Melee came out. But I still I had a lot of fun with that game and the sequel in multiplayer uh, as, as, throughout the system's life. I actually remember going back to it a little bit before we came out and getting back into it for a while. God, Neil, you were the same age you got your, when you got your GameCube as I was when I got my Genesis. <laughs> Good wait, God. Okay, wait, wait, what you, how old were you when the GameCube came out, Neil? I was in 8th grade. I was Can born in 88. we not talk about this? What year were you born? 88. Oh, it's only five years. Okay, so you're only five years younger than me. It just, it just seems like a lot when I was borrowing like Sonic 2. When he was, uh, yeah. What, the GameCube came out in what year again? Two thousand one. Two thousand one. It was yeah. right before. Yeah. So I was a senior in high school. Yeah. yeah. I just, I got the GameCube and I went to college and it was awesome. That is about the best <laughs> thing you could have possibly done. Yeah, I, I did the same thing, Mike. Yeah, and well, that was the same year the Xbox came out. So we had an Xbox like a couple years later, and we were in the dorm, and everyone had their Xbox on the land, so you could play sixteen-player right, Halo. Yep. I did that with Halo Three in college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but see, Halo 3 had Xbox Live, so you could always find someone to play with. And on Halo, it was only yeah. local and system link. Yeah. It, was, it was land no, and I, system link. I, I have some fantastic memories of, you know, ridiculously long Ethernet cables connecting stuff in the dorms <laughs> for Halo see, 3. See, I only had one year in the dorms with my GameCube because I was living off campus when it came out. And then I moved back to the dorms my last year in college because I wanted free room and board to be an RA. So I did that. <laughs> And yeah, uh, nice. I, I was basically the guy on the floor who had the GameCube, and everyone seemed to really love it. Like we had an, we had two Animal Crossing towns on two different memory cards. People <laughs> would just like hang out in my room so all hours of the night, waiting for their turn to play Animal Crossing. Like on a like a dude floor. Like I had like eight dudes who were like totally into Animal Crossing. It was awesome. <laughs> Animal Crossing had come out, and we had not played it that much. We played it a little. So and then like a year later, in my senior year. I was like, well, we're, I'm going to hook up Animal Crossing because I just moved the GameCube back out into the main room. So I said, well, I'm going to hook up Animal Crossing. And it immediately turned into a game of who can wake up earliest in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> steal all the shit and then leave like a fuck you note on the board and then just <laughs> go back to sleep. Seriously, my... my Two my, in the morning I woke up. It was so much fun. Night. And I'll never enjoy an Animal Crossing game as much as I enjoyed that one. And it has nothing to do with, with the game and how much they don't change it or do change it or what they yeah. take out or put in. It's all about how much fun I had with the multiplayer in the dorm when the first one came out. It's what that's all. What that game was all about for me. I've tried every version ever like, that's come out since, both yeah, on DS and, and Wii and... You know, I'll get really into it for like a week, and then it's and then it's done. You need that community to be able to keep up doing that, and I hopefully really the do. 3DS version will actually get that right. 
Yeah, well, I don't know, but when you're three dudes living in an apartment in college, like you turn everything into a competitive game. Yeah. So yeah. we figured out like there's only like one or two ways that you can win Animal Crossing, and I'm going to do them all every day. <laughs> yeah. And no one else can, and you can be lord of that little fucking village for 24 hours, <laughs> and no one can say shit. There's no more fossils. All the fruit is gone. Try again tomorrow, loser. Who can make the most irritating town theme? Yes. <laughs> Though I guess this isn't really a good... I mean, this is a brilliant GameCube multiplayer game, but it's not exactly what they're looking for No, uh, since they're only going to be there for a weekend. It's true. I've been wait, sitting wait. on probably an, an obscure one. I actually did make a list before we did this, just looking at my GameCube games. But two James Bond games, From Russia With Love and Everything or Nothing, I believe they were made by the same EA development studio, yeah, but I Everything so. or Nothing is kind of like this... I mean, it's like kind of like from like a bird's eye view of like an arena, and... You you know it's it's not like it's like you know everyone's playing on the same screen and you're moving around and there's traps you can set in each environment and there's different guns and there's a lot of melee combat in it and it's just very frenetic and a ton of fun and then from Russia with Love is a third person shooter that has fucking jetpacks in it and it's it's kind of well awesome. it's, isn't I was, it like a sequel to From Russia with Love but a video game sequel no no it's a remake of from Russia from Russia with Love with Sean Connery in it. Right. But the multiplayer in this game, that there are jetpacks and it is awesome. Um, I only played, I, I played everything or nothing back when the GameCube was actually out because I had a friend of mine who was just kind of like, yo, you got to check this out and brought it over. And I was blown away by how now much fun that I had was, with it. That was the one where Heidi Klum was a Bond girl, right? I believe so. Nice. And then from Russia with love, I only played, um, cause I did a, I did a one-up feature the other year about all the games that came out between the go- two golden eyes and I had to play from Russia with love was not looking forward to it, played the multiplayer and there's jetpacks and it's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about <coughs> Dash. Yeah. Uh, that, that was the next one on my list. Johnny Nets would have our heads if we did not talk about double dash. Double dash is a fantastic game. It I is not for the Mario Kart meek. Um, but yeah. it, it is a wonderful game. It is baby park. Yes. Simplest and most diabolically evil. You can level. power slide around the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, and if you wanted to win, you had to. Yep. Yeah. And and that avoid all the shells and bananas and everything else. And I love all like that the, the big angry banana power up that Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong right, had. Yeah. I, that always yeah, made you me drop laugh. that on Baby Park and everyone is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Double Dash is great, and I, I wish they'd go back to that. Well. And Double Dash did the system link too, right? It did the system link so you could play with eight players. Uh, it warp also pipe. had. Oh, well, yeah, uh, yeah, with Warp Pipe. Or you could if do you could do it, do it online. Over, online through Warp Pipe, yeah. But it did have system link. I think Kirby Air Ride also had system link, and there was one more 1080. PSO. PSO did. Well, no, that was online, but oh, there were, there right, were three that, that had online. system link. I think it was 1080. Had a system um, link mode? I didn't know that. Maybe. I'll if only it wasn't that. incredibly difficult to come across a stupid broadband adapter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I had to order one direct from Nintendo. Yeah, you could you could probably I get never, one. I at never GameStop. even had one. I wonder if I have it still. I might have sold it. They're probably worth a good chunk of change. Probably. God, I missed the GameCube. Yeah, yeah. Was like, I really Nintendo, was always, Nintendo for the N sixty four and the GameCube. If you had three friends, there's no reason not to own the Nintendo console. Yeah. You know, I really liked, even though it's not a Nintendo specific game. I thought it was best on the GameCube was Tony Hawk three. I was I was gonna bring that one up too. I think that and that even for a multiplayer game, that's that's the kind of game that's great because it's two minute runs. You can just kind of yep. pass it around. Yeah. And by the way, I just looked it up. 1080 Avalanche did have online, so nice. did or or ton uh, the the system, system link, link stuff. Yeah. And you can tunnel it over the internet. Yeah. yeah. 
Thanks to those nerds who wrote Warp Pipe. Yep. Uh-huh. Did, did that actually work? Like, was it playable? Yeah. I, I played Double it. Dash with people. So, like, that was all I really used it for, and I only did it for like a month because it was hard to find people on it. Yeah. No one knew about it. Sure. I imagine yeah, there must but... be no one that ever played 1080 with it. Yeah, everyone used it for Mario Kart. Yeah. 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 But yeah, Tony Hawk 3 is, I think that's still a, the best game in the series, and I'm oh, yeah. downright giddy for the, the new game that's coming out. Oh, it's me too. Gonna, Does that the, even the have HD? a release date yet? June is, uh, is what they're saying. I will I will be knocking down doors at E3 being like, I don't care if it's not coming out for a Nintendo system. I, I, want, I want to say hi to Tony Hawk and play the fucking game. I just thought of one more GameCube multiplayer game that I have to mention because it's a blast. Pikmin 2. I've never played the multiplayer. That game has a fantastic... It's great. It's so much fun. you got to try it out. No. You know what? I will on June 10th. Heck yeah, you will. It's, it's, and, it's uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I guess now is as good a time as, as any. I actually mentioned it on the NWR Facebook today and, and the Twitter. Um, but Pikmin 2 will be our game of the month for June. Hell yeah! Well, so I'm that not should be fun. Part in that. Oh come yeah. on! Don't, don't be a little bitch, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very excited to uh, after I sleep for two or three days after E3 to buy Pikmin 2 and play it. Yeah, the multiplayer yeah, is Pikmin great. Too. It's um, there's there's a couple different variants on it, but one of the variants that I like is like five or six uh, marbles, it's like blue and blue and red marbles, and you have to and they're scattered all across a stage, and you have to get your you have to either get all of your opponent's marbles or maybe protect your your own marbles, but you have to go, like, basically collect all these little objects and bring them back to your base or steal your opponent's, like, home home marble and, and, and bring it back. It's, uh, it's a lot really of fun. Cool. There's there's power-ups. It's 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 really well done. It's a lot of fun. And it's only two-player, can... right? Yes. Split screen. Yeah. Oh, you should probably get a Mario Party game in there somewhere. I no. never played a Mario Party no. game in the game. There were some decent ones. The only good Mario the Party game is Mario Party 2. Party 2. I knew you were going to say that. Now, Mario Party 9, um, you guys can be haters, but that, that is a revolution to the series, and it's awesome. Is 9 the, oh, one, then, is uh, nine the one that just came out? Yeah. yeah. Um, this is totally out of left... Well, not totally out of left field, but Soul Calibur 2 was awesome on GameCube. Yeah, I had a lot of fun playing that. I never owned it, but I was Even without it Link. a whole lot. Yeah, I never owned it either, but it's, I played it a lot. And I would it's just still the tap- best Soul Calibur, in fact. Yeah, I, I would just I would tap people on that. the head with Raphael's sword. And ah, I always did that too, and people would get so pissed. Oh, uh, yeah, you guys People are hate that move. <laughs> tap, tap, tap! It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can play another guy, and you would just beat the crap out of me. <laughs> or I can use Raphael and stand a chance of winning. Yes. Because <laughs> he has reach. I guess the only other game I had written down was Time Splitters, uh, kind of referring to yeah, two. Time Splitters two and two a yeah. little bit future perfect. Um, I because I, I had Time Splitters two and that had like I made awesome maps in that and had a ton of fun with that. And at some point, I guess I thought it was a good idea to sell it, um, which was kind of a mistake. I ended up getting Future Perfect like pretty damn cheap around right before the week came out and played it, and it's not the same. But Time Splitters two is is a probably I think the best multiplayer first-person shooter game on the system. You know what's really cool about Future Perfect? What? It has really good grammar. <laughs> <laughs> it also has really funny characters. Yeah. I remember playing that a few times. It was good. But, yeah, I can't really think of any other GameCube multiplayer games. I, mean, I think we rattled off at least ten, so... Yeah. Get all you of them. You shouldn't be at a loss. Yeah. Yes. It can't possibly be that hard to find. Go go to your GameStop. They're they're uh, finally being ushered out in GameStop. I want to pick up a copy of Kirby Air Ride. 
but it's still like 20 bucks and I I don't want to spend that money. Oh, uh, maybe it'll just be on the uh on the anniversary collection. I hope. I, yeah, I really do be. actually. You could pray to one day download it on virtual console for Wii U. You know, judging how this yeah. Game Boy crap is gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it'll be part of that first wave, and then they'll go dark for four months. Then... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, we wouldn't want to release any virtual console games on in any kind of uh, consistent no one... way. No yeah, they might they those. might compete with sales of something. <laughs> they might compete with sales of Vampire Chronicles: The Awakening. Maybe, maybe just maybe. But yeah, uh, Brandon, I hope we gave you a whole mess of GameCube games that you can uh, check out for your time in the mountains. Yeah, try and get at least one of those connectivity games. Yeah. Because those are special. Those are I, really, I, like, I mean, you can't do yeah, that Yeah, and go ahead way. and try I, and find a bunch of Link cables. And See, uh, if you can only find friends. one Link cable, Pac-Man Versus is all you need. That's true. Um, and Wavebirds. I, mean, I, I, I would make sure you have Wavebirds wave for birds. that. Wavebirds. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because wave there's a lot everything. of wires to be... Wavebirds are, are a bitch to find, man. I actually kind of stole one of my friends. I didn't realize he brought it over one time, and then I packed it up. And then he he's he's been in Germany for two years for oh, grad school, it. so he knows I have it. But he's gonna have to pry it for my cold dead fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, quickly jumping over to the Wii U before we wrap this up, it, I I I hope it happens that you can use a, a 3DS as a controller for a Wii U for stuff like that, because no wire is necessary. Hope. It it makes the possibility of it it makes the makes it much more possible for it to easily happen without getting all those stupid if, cables. If they don't do that, then they're just kind of spitting and and peeing and and defecating on the grave of the GBA to GameCube connectivity. Yeah, they could um, even do those over uh, over virtual console. If in, in theory, if you know, you'd have to buy like three copies of Crystal Chronicles for your Game Boy or something, <laughs> but, or maybe you could just download it. Directly to your Game Boy Wire. Remember when Square made that engine so that way they could run the DS game on the Wii? Yes. Oh, yeah. That was really funny. Good times. Yeah, I I don't think we're going anywhere else with this listener mail. That's showing off the power of the system right there. I just love they were all happy about it, too. How they fit both those screens on that screen. (laughs) (laughs) That's two and one. It's a miracle. There's only one screen, and now there's two. That's impossible. <laughs> I think that's listener mail. Yeah, yeah. that sounds yep. good to me. See you guys next time. All right. Peace. See ya. But
this is Carmine Red of Nintendo World Report, and I have with me independent game developer Jason Rohr. Thanks for coming on the show, Jason. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Now, you've got a DS game coming out this year, Diamond Trust of London. We've already got some impressions of it on our site, but maybe you could give our listeners a real quick rundown of what the game is about. Okay, uh, Diamond Trust of London is a two-player turn-based strategy game uh, for the Nintendo DS. Um, It's a game about diamond traders who are operating in Angola in Africa, uh, flying back and forth between Angola and London uh, and Antwerp in Belgium uh, in the year 2000, uh, in the few months leading up to the UN passing this Kimberley process for diamond certification that was going to make their diamond trade in and out of Angola illegal. So these guys are... Two different diamond trading corporations are trying to get uh, basically as many diamonds out of Angola before the UN crackdown comes comes down on them. Um, and it's a game about uh, uh, incomplete information and spying and bribing. And and it's a game in which you can have your opponent's uh, hidden information can be revealed to you um, to help you make your decisions without your opponent knowing that their information is being revealed. Or maybe their information is revealed to you and they know that their information has been revealed, but you don't know that they know. So then you're getting this information that you think uh, you're getting without them knowing, but really they could be feeding you false information. And it keeps going on down the rabbit hole like that. Um, Second guessing and third guessing and second guessing your opponent's second guesses and so on. Yeah, I uh, I really love that part of, well, when I played the preview version of the build, that part of incomplete information. But and. I also love this high concept part about the game, the the diamond trading. And you don't often see games that that have that sort of uh, real world relevance to them. But um, I actually always thought the game was about the diamond trading. But I read on the website originally you'd pitched it as a couple divorcing. Right. <laughs> well, so so yeah. I mean, not, this game wasn't about a couple divorcing, but I I had pitched a, a previous game about uh, that was going to have uh, you know. Uh, similar kinds of uh, deception and incomplete information mechanics, um, but in that context. I mean, I would have designed a very different game if it was about a couple divorcing. <laughs> that was a game about uh, the, you know, the couples going around a town, um, getting things ready for their divorce, and, and while, while meeting secretly with their lovers uh, outside their marriage, and, uh, and also meeting with their private eyes and sending private eyes to tell uh, the other spouse to uh, try and catch the other spouse cheating and so on. Um, so that that you know it would have involved very different kind of game mechanics, very different sort of style of gameplay, and so on. Um, so I, I still wanted to do a game that dealt with incomplete information um, and knowledge chains. You know how you know what your opponent knows about what you know, and so on. Um, and uh, looking for another context for that. Um, mm-hmm. and, it would have turned out different if you were dealing with private eyes and yeah, yeah. Uh, divorce but, I mean, lawyers you know, and like, stuff. Uh, Diamond traders in Angola seems like a really uh, good context for not being certain of loyalty. Uh, you know how can you how can you really trust these guys are you know uh, dealing with buckets of rough diamonds in Angola and you're talking to them over satellite phone? You know, how do you really trust that they're they're playing straight with you? Are they really bringing all the diamonds back? You know, for example, <laughs> that seemed like the perfect setting for a game about those kinds of things. Um, and so yeah, of course, I, I designed a game around that setting. You know, it's, it's not a, it's not a game about spouses <laughs> that was just re- reskinned. Well, as a yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, after hearing that, now I do wonder what that game would have turned out like. It would have been different. It would have had incomplete information, but I can't help wondering now because uh, it's such a neat concept, especially with the idea of incomplete information. Right, right. Well, I mean, the idea in that game was that you would be able to hire private eyes, um, hire a private eye to, to trail your spouse, 
your spouse is going around in the game trying to meet with a lawyer to secretly get paperwork to file for a divorce before you do and so on. Also trying to meet with uh, their lover and so on. Um, and so you're trying to trying to catch them doing that. But they might be able to also hire a private eye to tell you. And if they have a private eye on you when you go to meet with your private eye, then they'll know uh, that they're being tailed by a private eye. So they could actually have their private eye tail your private <laughs> eye, right? So you have, and then you can have a private eye, an extra private eye tail their private eye that's tailing your private eye. Um, so, you know, there's the, these, these yeah. private eyes driving around the city that are kind of looking for each other and, uh, and trying to gather information about what these spouses are doing. And, um, of course, you know, if you know you're being tailed by a private eye, you're going to try and, 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 and feed false information back by going to a different location than you're planning to go to, to, uh, you know, to sort of confuse, uh, your opponent about who you're actually cheating with and so on. And I guess there's a similar system in um, Diamond Trust of London where if you know your own agent is bribed, you can give the agent fa a false move and then change it later on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so um, you can know that your agent is bribed um, and, and, but be uncertain whether your opponent knows that you know that. So your opponent might know that they're being fed a false move um, or they might not, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and, and so, I guess, and, and I guess you could know was, that, and your opponent might not know that you know that. So yeah, I guess this was the advantage of having so, uh, this sort of game on a DS, a sort of on software where the two players can really not see each other, and stuff can happen simultaneously. Whereas, I mean, uh, you compare—I guess you could compare this to Euro board games. Um, right. But I was, I was when, I, when sense, I set up, when I set out uh, to design this game, I was I was sort of considering. You know, two-player strategy games or or multiplayer strategy games, and and you know, I, I like those kinds of games. But you know, why would I make one on a computer? Why wouldn't I just make a board game? Well, what could mm -hmm. I do on a computer that I can't do on a board game? And that was the entire impetus for this project. Is like, let's do two-player strategy, turn-based strategy, uh, but let's not just do something that might as well just be made as a board game. What can we do that couldn't be done on a board game? And this this kind these kind of mechanics where you have hidden information that's revealed without the owner of the information knowing that the information has been revealed. That's impossible to do in a board game. I mean, mm -hmm. how would you do it, right? It's just yeah. go peek over their shoulder without them seeing you peek over their shoulder. <laughs> I mean, but when have you have two separate screens, two separate views of the world, two separate views of the information, you can do all sorts of interesting things. Um, and uh, and there's there's some other things that you know people will notice about the game that you know that take advantage of those things. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it for <laughs> for people, but they're you know very observant people will notice some very strange things that are going on because of the fact that we got two separate. Um, Two separate, uh, two separate screens and two separate views of the world. So those views don't have to be consistent. That's the interesting thing. Mm -hmm. um, could you talk to us a little bit about the music of the game? It's it's not com completely procedurally generated. How would you describe it? It's more like it it combines and recombines dynamically different pieces of music. Right. Um, so it's 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 kind of this happy medium, this happy marriage between. Um, you know, I wanted. Whenever I make a game, I want my music to take advantage of the fact that this is a computer system that can generate music. Uh, it doesn't have to be static, linear music that's just playing back. We can do things that can't be done on a CD, for example. Um, uh, on the other hand, I was working with my friend uh, who was uh, collaborating with me on this project, who was making music for it, and he has a you know a compositional style and a music arrangement style that's very set in the world of um, you know studio with microphones and drum kits and and real synthesizers in his own voice and all these things and this is uh, Tom Bailey Tom Bailey yes and mm -hmm. so how you know I couldn't sit him down and say here program some music for me like the way I normally do it when I'm making dynamic computer generated music um, 
I wanted, but I still wanted some some it to be dynamic and to to not just be playing back uh, these tracks. Um, the other problem is that in a strategy game like this, that you're going to play over and over. It's a short game. You know, you play it's like 15 or 20 minutes to play a single game, but it's the kind of game you can play again and again, like a board game. Um, you know, if we just had looping music that just played the same way over and over again, it w- I think it would get grading really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, maybe you're going to be playing this game next year still, right? And, you know, you're still going to be listening to that same grading loop over and over again. So well, so, so the way it works is that we um, mm-hmm. we have this dynamic music engine that is build is, is building music out of this collection of, of, of samples um, and, and little loops, little musical phrases um, that can be layered with each other. So there's up to five tracks essentially playing at a given time. And and for each track, there's like a collection of different loops. Like for example, the drum part, there could be like, uh, you know, five different versions of that drum kit for that song playing uh, different kinds of drum things. And of course, the drum kit could be absent at a certain moment in the song where there's no drums, right? Um, and so, but those loops are all real recorded loops that he made in studio using his normal methods, um, with all his effects and all his things that he always does um, with his high-end computer uh, recording methods, right? Um, including his voice and some other things. Um, and so uh, so these tracks are kind of mixed together and, and assembled out of these little parts, out of these little almost like musical Legos um, into uh, uh, musical moments that are changing throughout the game. And they also change based on triggers, based on things that are happening within the game. So as your agents move around on the map and the state of the game changes, the music changes to go along with that. Um, yeah. Uh, I was wondering if... Uh... Well, obviously, I think I think one of the great things about the music is that it's got these high quality audio recordings, the the voices, the chanting, and at the same time, there's these instrumental recordings. Um, I was actually next. I'm curious about how a bunch of your projects have found their way onto uh, DSiWare. Actually, um, this this game is coming out for DS. It's a cartridge release, uh, but actually, a bunch of your other projects have come out on DSiWare, like Passage, or um, Primrose, I think. Right, right. So, so um, this was a few years ago. Um, uh, a third-party publisher development studio approached me, saying, "Hey, you know, we'd like to port some of your games to um, DSiWare." Um, and I didn't really know anything about DSiWare or anything at the time, and I was just like, "Okay, sure," you know. And I gave them the source code and and helped them a little bit. I mean, I just kind of gave them some advice and answered some questions by email. I didn't do any of the work. Um, so this so they, is the they first released, time they, they released this. Um, this anthology, which has three mm-hmm. different games in it, Passage, Gravitation, In Between, um, on DSiWare. And then they also made a port of my game, Primrose, uh, for DSiWare. I, I, I don't think they realized how hard it was going to be, um, you know, because the DSi as a platform is rather limited. And so you can't just take code that works on a normal computer and just expect it to run uh, on the DS. So they mm-hmm. actually, uh, to get most of those games working, they recoded them all from scratch, I think, pretty much all of them. Um, and tried in the case of Passage, some of the blending effects just weren't possible on the DS, and so like you know, they tried their best to kind of get the game to look kind of like it looks on the PC or Mac. <laughs> um, so, so this, so anyway, this yes, game this, right this, here, this, this Diamond Trust is the first time that I'm actually doing DS development, and uh, you know, of course, it opened my eyes to exactly what those porting guys were struggling with. <laughs> and has the uh, process of getting it on a Nintendo console been uh, particularly long, or I think uh, the game got approved like last fall. No, well, no, now... the game didn't. Uh, the game was done last fall. Um, oh, okay, it took seven months for it to get approved, um, and that was mostly spent 
you know, people say, oh, weren't there a lot of bugs in there that Nintendo was sending back to you to fix? They didn't send a single bug back for you to fix. There were no bugs in the game when I submitted it. Um, it, it was all other issues um, that they had trouble approving. Um, including the box art and other things that we had to negotiate. And there was a seven-month process of... Actually, there were a couple of times in, the, in during that seven months where it seemed like the game was not going to come out because Nintendo was not going to allow it to come out the way that I wanted it to. Um, but if, eventually, uh, you know, we kind of wrestled with, <laughs> wrestled mm -hmm. with uh, these, uh, these discussions to the point where we got it kind of through. Got it through. I guess it came out the other end. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God. And um, you've been working with uh, IndiePub, I believe, uh, part of Zoo Publishing is uh, publishing this. Yeah, that's uh, what's right. What's it been working with them? Yeah, so are, they, are you working with Zoo directly, or is IndiePub really its own thing? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, IndiePub is sort of the indie publishing arm of Zoo. I mean, they're they they're kind of yeah, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, I think in, uh, Zoo is kind of making a transition into becoming IndiePub, pretty much full fully now. Um, so it's m many of the same people who are working at Zoo who are helping me at, at IndiePub and so on. Um, obviously, in the case of um, this game in particular, because it's a cartridge release and it's being manufactured and so on, um, Zoo kind of resurrecting some of the things that they don't really do anymore, which is you know uh, dealing with manufacturing and all these things that they're getting out of when they're going into digital distribution with IndiePub. Um, mm. so, so still, it's kind of relying on uh, Zoo's old world know-how. Uh, to to push this thing through lot check to get it manufactured <laughs> to find a printer that's licensed by Nintendo and get the printer to print the stuff and get the boxes assembled and everything um, you know Zoo is kind of getting out of that business this is, this may be the sort of last um, last thing that they do that's actually physically manufactured like this yeah um, but you guys are also doing something pretty new which is using Kickstarter uh, to actually fund the manufacturing of this how has that been going for you guys has that always been part of the plan? No, no, that wasn't that wasn't part of the plan. It's just you know over time. I mean, this game has been in and out of development for three years. Um, when it was initially proposed, you know, three years ago, the DS was just this thriving platform, and you know, um, mm -hmm. cartridge games were selling like hotcakes and so on. Uh, that was the era of Cooking Mama and that kind of thing. Um, but over time, just I mean, the three years was not spent developing the game. The three years was spent trying to figure out how the game could come out. Mm -hmm. um, over time, a lot of stuff has changed, as you guys are aware. Um, and so the DS market has kind of crashed and gone softer and softer and softer over those three years to the point where, you know, it's really kind of a risky proposal to, to sink, you know, well, like in this case, like $78,000 of cash into getting this minimum order made. And you don't really know how many are going to sell. Um, yeah, I think uh, the Kickstarter is at 78000 Well, it, the target you're trying to hit is 78715 And actually, I mean, I checked just, maybe two hours ago, it almost, it looks like you're within, you're almost there. Yes, I'm within a, uh, you know, a paper airplane's throw of, of crossing, the, <laughs> crossing the funding line. Um, yeah, so, but, you know, you can see that it's been, it's been somewhat, you know, it's, it's been a bit, of a, a bit of a slog, right? It's not like it was funded instantly on day one. Yeah. Um, and so it's clear that, um, you know, Kickstarter was a good thing to do here because the, you know, the interest level was substantial, but it wasn't overwhelming, right? And so, if we hadn't done Kickstarter, or you know, we just sort of gotten the cartridges made and then put them up for sale on some website, you know, uh, you'd be going in well, blind. Well, there's a huge risk that we wouldn't have even been able to recoup, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and here, at least, we're guaranteed to cover the manufacturing costs. Um, like we know that we're going to recoup. Like we're, we're, we're like as soon as Kickstarter funds, we're at least covering. We're, we're at least up to the recoup level. 
<laughs> um, well, uh, and we know I that mean, there's enough people to make it worth it. I mean, it's also an issue. Yeah. Of, you know, I don't want to bury thousands of cartridges in the desert, like ET. <laughs> you know. So. Well, does this? Do you think? Do you think this changes the relationship? I mean, how does it feel to have enough people come in and say, you know what, we can? We're putting up the money for like seventy thousand. We're all pledging. Um, does that change the relationship between the game makers and like the people who want to play them? You think? Uh, yeah, uh, is it, know, is Kickstarter thing. is something like Kickstarter and crowdfunding? Is that going to become bigger and bigger in the oh, future? Yeah, no. I mean, kick, uh, I think you know this kind of thing is going to be everything in the future. We're going to look back at this time right now and be like, oh yeah, I remember when there was this little search engine called Google. I remember that first time I signed up for Facebook with my college email account. You know, it, it'll be. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just the the rate at which is Kickstarter is growing, um, even in the last few months, is just astronomical. It's just the, the critical mass and the exponential growth, and the, you know, there's just a pro a project that just got funded this week that crossed the ten million dollar mark in thirty days, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it just it changes everything, right? I mean, the idea that you can take an idea directly to people who might be interested in it and ask them for funding upfront and gauge the interest of people in your idea without having to go to some company to manufacture it and try and pitch it to them and trying to get investors behind you who are risking their money without any data about whether this thing is going to sell or not. Um, you know, I really, I mean, wow. Just I mean, If you look at Kickstarter and look at some of the things that have been funded there that would have never existed without it. Like just, just this week, there was a lucid dreaming mask funded there. <laughs> you know, there hasn't been a lucid dreaming mask available on the market for like 10 years. And it's an extremely niche weird thing. But they got $500,000 of funding. Wow. To get this thing made. You know, and so it's like those kinds of things that just wouldn't exist, don't exist. Um, like this DS game. <laughs> <laughs> like this DS game, like yes. This, there's an Atari game that um, is just about to get funded as well, like an, an Atari cartridge release for the, for the uh, 2600. Um, you know, so these kinds of things that you know, maybe have a niche audience, but you know, the niche audience might be large enough to make it happen, but it's really hard to judge ahead of time without taking a huge risk. Um, mm -hmm. Well, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, everything. yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe for things that are niche and uh, have these dedicated like subgroups that are really passionate about it, uh, definitely Kickstarter looks something like something that's good. I mean, your games, is it accurate to describe them as art games? Um, definitely. Some people certainly have described them as art games, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how would you feel about someone like arguing in defense of video games as a medium and then pointing at something like Passage? Uh, well, or yes, something like people, Diamond Trust of London. People, people do that, yes. <laughs> uh, how do I feel about it? Uh, I guess I feel flattered and humbled. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I feel like the term art game has kind of kind of run its course. Um, I, I don't really think about games. And I, art, art game came to mean a very certain style of game design where mm -hmm. you were using um, game mechanics directly, kind of metaphorically, um, that were going to be interpreted by the player. Like, oh, this mechanic means this, and this other mechanic means that, and look at how these two mechanics work together, that probably means this. Um, those mechanical metaphors. Um, and so, uh, I don't so, that, like, we've kind of, we've kind of exhausted, I think, are... I think people have kind of exhausted that, that sort of art game style. Um, and we're, the people who are doing that have kind of moved on to thinking about games in sort of a broader way. And, you know, I mean, things like Diamond Trust are, are part of that, and uh, the new game that I'm working on, or my last game inside of Starfield Sky doesn't really fit into that mechanical metaphor model anymore. Mm -hmm. So what is it that makes you want to make these games that are sort of on the edge of what video games are generally accepted to be? I mean, everyone says they could make, they want to make the next Call of Duty, but what, what drives you as a game maker? <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, it's, it's because, 
you know, I, I really want to make a, I really want to make a contribution um, to the design space and 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 create something that um, that doesn't exist already, right? Um, and so even when with if you look at my like series of games that I've made, um, the uh, the, the the sort of I, I, they're not all the same, right? It's not like I, I invented the first person shooter and then I continued to make first person shooters for twenty years or something, right? It's like I'm I'm always like shooting off in a different direction. I'm trying to push myself and challenge myself to do something different, not just different from what other people are doing, but different from what I've done myself, um, along with being different from what other people are doing. Um, and I think that that makes things more interesting. I mean, uh, for me as a designer, not just making the same thing over and over again. And also for the people who are are are, are responding to my games, uh, the, the players and the people who are buying my games and so on, um, you know, they basically never know what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do next, right? Um, and so I think, you know, it's just much more interesting overall. It's hard, I guess, um, but you know, it just I, the fact that it's so much more interesting for me, even as a creator, makes it worth it. Yeah, I think it's 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 really exciting. Uh, the type when whenever someone pushes that boundary and whenever someone shows something that hasn't really been shown before i think that's definitely exciting and i hope i hope you keep doing it i'm looking forward to your next release um but i do have one more question coming back to diamond trust of london um how many copies regular and limited edition do you think will be printed because i kicked in for two limited edition copies and i want to know you know what my unopened shrink wrapped uh, copy will be worth the one that I just leave on the shelf. <laughs> right, right. So there's only, I mean, like the Kickstarter campaign explains, there's only a thousand um, signed and numbered limited editions, um, and so that that number is fixed, and that's not going to change. Um, now, now they actually haven't all been spoken for yet because there's some some copies of the limited edition are still available at the highest funding levels, um, so there's still a few left. Um, but all the the lo lower sort of normal tier funding level uh, limited editions are, have been sold out for about a week now, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, and in terms of the regular edition, um, you know, I, they're all part of the same, um, minimum order that I need to get from Nintendo, and that number is protected by non-disclosure agreements, <laughs> so I can't okay. tell you, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, $78,000 worth of cards. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, I believe the Kickstarter is due to end, uh, this Saturday, and you're really close to your goal, so good luck there. And uh, I look forward to uh, getting my limited edition. All right. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. And uh, welcome to another episode of Connectivity Jeopardy. I am uh, your first co-host, Mike Sklens, and uh, Scott Thompson is my uh, is I guess our co-host number two. Hello, Mike. Wonderful to be here. It's, it certainly is a good day for some Jeopardy. Yes, you can feel it in the air. Yes, and we've got uh, three contestants with us this time. We've got Dan Koopman. Hello. <laughs> the Pedro Hernandez. Hi. And Zachary Miller. Oh, that's nice. 
<laughs> All right, well, I guess we'll get right into our first round. Uh, we've got five categories. Uh, the first one is Trivia Time Capsule. Uh, a quick background on this one. I was cleaning out my uh, my old student email, which got merged with my work email because I work for the school I went to now. Um, and I found this old set of trivia questions that I had written in 2002 for when we used to do IRC Trivia Night. Uh, so I, I uh, 10 questions, and I turned them into two Jeopardy categories for tonight. Awesome. Cool. Um, Kong of the Kong of the Jungle. Okay. Uh, potent Quotables, which is, um, they are quotes from video games, and you have to name the game that it's from. Okay. Not the character that said it, the name of the game. Um, we Third Party. And player's choice. I'm surprised you could think of six questions in that uh, we third party category. <laughs> yeah. Bazinga! <laughs> Let, let's just be thankful that Carmen is not with us because he's going to own that category. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, let, we'll let Dan pick first since it's his first time on. Um, I choose um, we third party. Okay, for 100? Yeah. Okay. This point and click adventure featured a pirate and his faithful monkey. What is second wiki? Ah, uh, that's correct. Yeah, and then the the board is yours. Okay, uh, let's continue with uh, Wii Foot Party. Okay. Uh, players control a scorpion and a tarantula in this Wii action game. Uh, uh, looks what like, is that called? Looks like, uh, looks like Pedro. Uh, what is Deadly Creatures? It is, correct. Mm. Mm. Okay. I knew it, but I didn't know the name. It was like, wow. Maybe if, that game no had, maybe if that game had a camel spider, I'd be more inclined. Huh. Okay. Uh, Pedro, the board is yours. Okay, I'll keep with Wizard Party. Okay. This poorly reviewed minigame collection is one of the best-selling games on the Wii. Zach. What is Carnival Games? Correct. Dang it. I was, I was going to say all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was going to say Deca Sports. Oh yeah, that's a, that's another one. That, yeah. that that one honestly has a couple answers. Yeah, that's true. A little <laughs> I think there are like four uh, Nekka Sports games. Any of the anyway. any of the Raving Rabbit games. Yeah, that's true. But I, I but I know Carnival Games sold like exceptionally well. I think yeah, it's it did. Li- literally like in the top yeah. top top five Wii games. All right, Zach, the, the board is yours. Keep going. All right, um, Clover Studio had nothing to do with this game's port from PS2 to Wii. Uh, Dan, what is Okami? Correct. And the board is yours. Let's continue. Okay. To close out the category, this game, which has received countless sequels and spinoffs, is Ubisoft's best-selling Wii game to date. Uh, I believe that's Zach. What is Raving Rabbids? Incorrect. Wow. Anyone else? What was the question? All right, I'll read it one more time. Uh, This game, which has received countless sequels and spinoffs, is Ubisoft's best-selling Wii game to date. Pedro, did you buzz in? Yeah. Okay, what is it, Pedro? I believe it's Just Dance. Correct. Oh, Ubisoft did that? Oh. Yeah, yeah they, yep. they did that. Yeah. All right, so that's it for We Third Party. Uh, our remaining categories are Trivia Time Capsule, Kong of the Jungle, Potent Quotables, and Player's Choice. I'm going to choose uh, Kong of the Jungle. All right, for 100? Yeah. Okay. The studio behind the trio of Donkey Kong Country games on the SNES. Uh, Pedro. What is where? Correct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was Pedro is very easy. good at this, by the way. 
Yeah, here, hold on. Let me clear the board there. <coughs> okay. And uh, Pedro, uh, keep going. I continue with Carlos the Jungle for 200. Okay. He has Dixie Kong's infantile sidekick in Donkey Kong Country Damn 3. <laughs> uh, I think I gotta give it to Pedro because that <laughs> buzzed in before I was done. <laughs> okay. Who is Giddy Kong? Correct. Oh. See, I was gonna get it wrong, so good job, Pedro. <laughs> I was gonna say okay. Baby Kong, but he was in 64, wasn't he? Right, I think. I yeah, think that's, right. that's correct. Yeah, I mean, they're basically the same archetypes, but they give them new names and stuff. Yep. I don't know why that is, but anyway. Um, Pedro, keep going on that one? Yep. Okay. Uh, they sued Nintendo over copyright infringement in 1984. Pedro. What is Universal Studios? Correct. Oh, damn. Damn. Tearing oh, I can see that, yeah. Yeah, that one related because they sued because it was, they thought it was too similar King to King Kong. Kong, so. Which they didn't, they didn't win the game. Well, King Kong does wear a giant red, uh, uh tie. tie, so. And he just toss a lot of barrels. He really does. <laughs> and he is after a hot brunette. Yeah. It, well, actually that one is true. <laughs> and he, came to, he came to America for bananas. Uh, so Pedro, uh, keep rolling? Yep. Okay. Uh, let me clear the board. Okay. This one's evil. Uh, the sixth best-selling game on the Nintendo 64. Pedro. Um, uh, what is Donkey Kong 64? Incorrect. I knew I was, that was, I was wrong. Oh. Anyone else? Hmm. No, that's it. Wait, no, Zach, Zach buzzed oh, in last second. Just in time. Melee? Incorrect. Yeah. What is it? Oh, hell. It is <laughs> Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, see, oh no. that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, little tricky sixth there. Sixth best of all time, really. Yeah, yeah, sixth best N64 <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I completely uh, forgot that was a Kong game. Yep. And so, um, and actually the, the DS remake had Donkey Kong in it, while the N64 game never did. So, there's that. So, uh, you want to finish that one out, Pedro? Yep. Okay. Uh, finish it up. Okay. He is the villain in the original Donkey Kong. Uh, Pedro? Um, you say original Donkey Kong? Yes. Easy, Mario. Who is Mario? Incorrect. Uh, Dan? Who is Jumpman? <sighs> Incorrect. What? Okay. Wait, what? Okay, this question might be tricky because you said the original Donkey Kong was... I assume it's the arcade game. Yes, it does. Mario is not the bad guy in the original Donkey Kong. You are Mario. Right. Jumpman. Right. So, it's not Jumpman. Zach, did you have a guess? I was going to say Jumpman. <laughs> uh, it, the villain in the original Donkey Kong, maybe maybe I'm misremembering, but it's uh, Cranky Kong. Oh, I know what you're saying. It's the whole series. The whole series that. Listen, none of you got it right anyway. That's a theory that's stupid. <laughs> no, he, I'm pretty sure he says it in one of the Donkey Kong Country games. I'm pretty sure he, uh, he, he intimates that it's right. But Cranky's full of crap. <laughs> yeah, you can't trust him. So, um, yeah, so that, yeah, Cranky Kong. So. Alright, so we got our remaining categories are trivia both. time capsule. Potent quotables and player's choice. Right. And real quick, just for a scoring update, uh, for those keeping track at home, um, that, that last question, even that category actually hurt a lot of people. So Pedro is down to 400. Wow. Yeah. He, Pedro was over a thousand until a couple of those last ones. Uh, Zach is at negative 500. 
Dan, you crack wow. wow. And Dan is at a hundred. So okay. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. It's manageable. <laughs> still anybody's game. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Pedro. The board's still yours then. I got to pick player's choice for one hundred. Okay. And keep in mind then. So the answers to these questions are player's choice games. So some of these might surprise you. Um, but maybe not, because I think near the end they kind of just made everything a player's choice it, to I sell it. I think it'll be more surprising for me, considering I live in Europe. Oh, that's true. Well, I know, oh, it, car- it, car- it carried over between regions, I think. I think most of them carried over. Yeah, okay. there were some okay. exclusives. Hmm. I was looking at it today, but... Okay, so for 100, Sonic's rival dual wields poor reviews and a faux mature story in this GameCube game. Uh, Pedro. Um, can you repeat the question again? I didn't quite listen to it. Totally got that. One. <laughs> I totally uh, got that one. I don't. I don't think I can, Pedro. I don't think you can buzz in and then ask the other question again. And we'll give Zach a shot. If he doesn't get it, I'll come back to you. <laughs> Shadow okay. the Hedgehog. It is. Zach is correct. Bullshit uh, game. Oh my god! <laughs> no way. Yep. Player's choice. Yeah, yep, it was. Choice. It was. Player's choice. All right, Zach. The board is yours. Uh, keep going. Okay. Uh, this game is more well known for swatting flies and composing music than for what its title suggests. Uh, Pedro. What is Mario Paint? Correct. Oh. Okay. Oh. Fly swatting game is awesome. Fly swatting game is Great music. awesome. Fun fact. That's how I, that's how I was able to control my mouse on the computer. Because of Mario Paint and uh-huh. that game. I wonder if Mario Paint makes you really good at uh, first person shooters. Gives you good twitch reaction skills. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, you go from that and just go play Quake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, um, I'll continue player's choice. Okay. The second game in the Metroid series, but not chronologically. Uh, Pedro. Oh shit, I know it's Metroid, but I can remember the subtitle. Alright, we'll go with uh, Dan. What is Metroid Prime 2 Echoes? Uh, incorrect. I, I, uh, might have, I might have worded this. I think you, know, you worded it properly. Did I? Okay, cool. Zach, do you have a guess? It's Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Correct. Oh, uh, that's right, yeah. yeah. Second game in the series, but not chronologically. Right, in, in terms of the story. Uh, so, Zach, I think the board is yours. Uh, are we done with that category? No, there are two left, 400 and 500. Let's do it. Okay, 400. Originally planned as a Nintendo 64 launch title, Midway released this ugly arcade port two years late. Pedro. What is uh, Cruising USA? Correct. Wow. 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 I won't deny it. Uh, it looks like an game. N64 game. It looks like a really bad N64 game. You played Mario Kart and played Cruising I USA. Love, I love that game. I have no regrets. I love that game because it's so bad. I know. <laughs> I just played it recently. Me and my girlfriend just played through the entire thing like six months ago, I think. <laughs> just I love Cruising USA. It. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Little wizard uh, tribute there. Um, Alright, so Pedro, you want to finish that one out? Yep. Alright. The Nintendo 64 port of this PlayStation Classic sure wasn't scary, featuring improved graphics and sound, as well as FMV, a rarity for the system. Ah, uh, Pedro again. I'm going to take a shot in the dark here. What is Resident Evil 2? Correct. Ah, oh, well done. Uh, I got uh... lucky. I got lucky with that one. Because there were several um, PS1 horror games that were ported over to the 64. The okay. FMV is the key. Yeah. It's one of yeah, only it, two N64 games that has FMV in it. What's the other one? Yeah. Uh, Pokemon uh, Train... What is it? Uh, Pokemon Puzzle League. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like the intro, right? It's yeah, got an FMV the anime show. intro. Yeah. Uh, so, scoring update. <laughs> that game got extra RAM for that. Just for that. Yep. <laughs> A puzzle game. 
Just <laughs> so, for the four kids wrong. animation. <laughs> um, so scoring update, Pedro now has jumped ahead to 1200. Zach yeah. has, Zach has moved up to negative 100. Awesome. Getting there. And Dan has moved down to negative 200. Okay. I take it. <laughs> You'll get there. Alright, so two categories left in the Jeopardy round. Trivia time capsule and potent quotables. I'll take uh, potent quotables for 100. Okay, remember, the answer is the name of the game that the quote is from. Okay. You said um, for 100? Yep. Okay. I feel asleep. Uh, that's going to be Pedro. What is Metal Gear? Correct. Mm. That was a classic. Yeah. Right. Uh, board is yours. Okay, what is a uh, uh, <laughs> Well, at least you're in the, ro- in the groove. Ponticola was for 200. You spoony bard. <laughs> That's Pedro again. What is Final Fantasy 4? Yes, I would have also accepted Final Fantasy 2 US numbering. Oh, okay, yeah. Damn, son. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> okay, continue. Putting quotables with 300. All right. Buy something, will ya? Zach. Oh my god, why did I say that? Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Buy something, will ya? I, oh, Zelda, Legend of Zelda. Yes. <laughs> we'll make it time. I was going to say every Zelda game ever made. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that that quote appears on the Zelda games every once in a while. Alright, uh, Zach, right. the board is yours. Uh, I'll finish it off. Oh, well, this is 400. Oh, then that. <laughs> it might be handy if you, the master of unlocking, take it with you. No, 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 no. Actually, actually, I watched it. I think we gotta give it to Zach. I think Pedro buzzed yeah, number yeah. four. Pedro buzzed yeah, early. I think buzzed it too early. I'm sorry. Yeah. Resident Evil! <laughs> yeah. Alright, do you want to close that category out? Yes, I do. Wait, Barf. Nobody? <laughs> Barf. Uh, wait. Barf. Barf. Pe- Pedro. I think I think I'm going to lose all of my money with this because I'm going to take a really dark sh- shot in the dark. Um, what is Earthbound? No, that's incorrect. I knew it. Now, Anybody else? Technically, I think Master Belch does say does say barf at some point, but that's not really a memorable quote. Now, that that's not what we're looking for, unfortunately. <laughs> I guess no one else is gonna uh, ring in. I I thought this was too easy. But I the thought answer so too. Is River City Ransom. Never played oh! it. Every single time you punch a dude on the bottom of the screen, it says barf exclamation. <laughs> or, or oof, or but one of the things they say when you punch them is barf. Yeah. I did actually know that. Damn it. <laughs> Alright, so that leaves us with just the trivia time capsule uh, category left. Uh, Scott, do we have a score update? Yeah, um, Pedro's down to a thousand. Zach is up to six hundred. And Dan, Dan stood still at negative two hundred. I'm way too slow. I'm not Sonic. Again, these questions were written in 2002. That doesn't necessarily mean they are from games that were out around 2002, but I would not Metroid be surprised Prime, if they Wind Waker, were. Sunshine. <laughs> okay, so um, who has the board? Zach. Is it Zach? Zach got the last correct answer? I'll so. take that category. Yeah. Well, okay, from 100? <laughs> sure. Okay. Technically speaking, Sonic's middle name. Zach. The. Yeah, that's What right. is the? <laughs> what is the? 
That's pretty good. <laughs> 200? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The name of Samus's former CO and also her computer in Metroid Fusion. That's Zach again. <laughs> Adam Malkovich. <laughs> yeah, just Adam if, if you're referring to the computer. Well, sure. <laughs> 300? Yes, sir. In Animal Crossing, a beaver runs this weekly contest throughout November. Son of a bitch. Two beavers is better than one. All right, I'm calling time on that. The answer is fishing contest. Uh. (laughs) I I did did have the name in my head, but um, I I didn't know the activity in my head, supposedly. (laughs) Okay. um, Zach, uh, we got 400 and 500 left. Well, let's do four. All right, now this is a uh, daily double for do, 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 this do, round do, of do, do. How much do I have? Uh, Zach, you have 900. I'll bet two. 200, okay. And so remember, everyone, this question then is only for Zach, since it's the daily okay. double. Unless he gets it wrong, in which case one of you can ring in immediately. I don't think that's how daily doubles work. Yeah, I, I don't think so Isn't either. It? Oh, okay, never mind then. <laughs> All right. The only beam that will damage Ridley in Super Metroid. Wait, did you, you mean did you, Mother Brain? Did we get? Did you bet? Did you make it a true daily double? Yeah, yeah you I, said two hundred. Okay, I said two hundred. Okay. No, Ridley. Ridley, really? Uh, I don't know. I think it is actually. As, yeah, it's you can damage him with a whole lot of beams, dude. You can switch that just, shit up a lot. Yeah, well, but I got this question wrong. But Mother Brain, ago. Mother Brain's final form can only be hurt with the hyper beam. And I think, I think, Mike, I think you were thinking of what can you only hurt a Metroid with? Yeah, a Metroid is Maybe. the ice beam. All right, well, you got the question right, <laughs> even though I got the answer wrong. Now you can only hurt Ridley and other M with the hyper, or the plasma beam. But this was too. Well, other M wasn't out. <laughs> well, I understand that. <laughs> so I, th- I think you meant Metroid. <laughs> Which, cause the answer you know was, more about Metroid than me, so for that, even, I think... You don't should, even damage it with the ice beam. You freeze I, it and then blow it up with missiles. This is okay, what happens so when I don't written, write the questions. These were written, these were written in trivia versions. <laughs> I reversed all of them and made the answers the questions and the questions the answers, so I probably screwed this one up when I did that. That's all right. I'm just happy I won. And also, we'll give you the 200 yeah. for that. Sweet. And also, Zach, your, your questions aren't always perfect. Go back and listen to the, uh, the live Jeopardy at PAX. There the Turok one was the there. only one I got wrong. <laughs> All right, so there's one left. Zach, I assume, well, we have to pick it for 500 points in trivia time capsule. <laughs> no, I want a double Jeopardy category. <laughs> All right. Peach cooks steak, fish, lobster, egg, and peppers in this modern Game & Watch Gallery 4 game. Oh, screw this. Uh, repeat the question again, please. I will, only because no one's answered. <laughs> Peach cooks steak, fish, lobster, egg, and peppers in this modern Game & Watch Gallery 4 game. Okay. Alright, that's it. Oh, wait, wait, no, no. Oh, Dan, 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 Dan. Um, what a chef... Correct. Correct. Hey. Uh, yay. God, I don't so negative it. song. All right. <laughs> For the Jeopardy round, Scott, what's our uh, score update before we move on? Sure. Uh, Pedro is sitting at 1,000. Zach has jumped ahead with 1,100. What's up? And Dan has moved back into the positives with now 300. Nice. Hooray. All right, so we're going to take a little break and get to know our contestants here. 
Uh, Zach, I understand that you have um, a corgi, and his name is, is Ozzy? It is. He's cute. Um, but it's summer now, and he has a very thick coat, so he's always he doesn't like going outside. Uh, Even in Alaska, it gets hot out? It gets... Um, the hottest days, it inches towards 80. <laughs> oh, 80. And we're all I think it's dying. Like, I think it's like 85 here in Florida, and it's 10 o'clock at night right now. <laughs> oh, so. God. Um, LA's going to kill me. Well, yeah, what about Pedro? That's got to be hot, hot for Pedro's <laughs> yeah. ass, too. Yeah, it's going to be 100. <laughs> yeah. And you have no humidity up there. You have no room to complain. That's true. So, uh, moving on. Dan, I understand that you have a, a passion for homemade cappuccino. That's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but, uh, you like to start your, start your day off with a nice uh, home-brewed glass of cappuccino? Yes, I do. Um, it certainly takes a while to make, but it's it's way better when you can make stuff yourself, definitely. Um, right. Yeah. It just tastes <laughs> better, in my opinion. We do have a, like a like a quick coffee machine where you can make one, uh, but I barely use it at all. It's like um, the Europeans of... are too good for machine coffee. <laughs> well, I can't can't resist Starbucks for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Who can? Oh, Pedro! I understand that um, you just recently saw a 3DS in person. That's very exciting. <laughs> yes, I did. It was the best day of my life. <laughs> Any any plans to buy one soon? Maybe with your NWR uh, connectivity winnings, like connectivity hopefully, jeopardy winnings. Hopefully, because that, it sucks not being, uh, not having a 3DS. Yeah, well, right now you're at a thousand dollars. So if you play it conservatively, you could probably buy a couple. <laughs> Maybe I can buy the whole library with that. Yeah, and I will just stay in his underpants and play Brody Quest all day. Yeah, <laughs> live the life a hundred degrees. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so let's move on to Double Jeopardy. All the questions are worth twice as much, uh, and there are two daily doubles in this round. Hmm, okay. And uh, I think we left off with, uh, Dan gets the board. He scored the, he answered the last one. So we have Trivia Time Capsule, another mm-hmm. one, like Mike said, he had two. Uh, Disney Games. Okay. Oh! Guess who wrote that one? Oh, Lord. E3 e- e- Flashbacks. Uh-huh. E-Shopping. E-Shopping! And accessorizing. E-shopping. Right. E-shopping. <laughs> it looks like um, me and Dan have our own categories. 200, 200 points, 400 points, 600 points, 800 points, and 1,000 points. Let's go with the first one. All right. Uh, this game was given out for free during the eShop's first month of business. Damn. 3D, what is 3D Classic Sidebike? All right. That is correct. Nice. Uh, the board is yours. Let's go to the next one. Uh, Pushmo was developed by this veteran Nintendo development house. Uh, I was watching it. Dan's was too early. Yeah, Dan, you buzzed him before he finished the question. Hmm. What is <laughs> what is Intelligent Systems? That is correct. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Makers of Advance Wars, Fire Emblem. Basically a coin flip. Pushmo. <laughs> um, the board is yours, Zach. Keep it on going. All right. Uh, the only Sonic game currently available on the 3DS eShop's virtual console in America. Qualified. That's oh, Dan. Yeah. Um, am I allowed to say the Japanese name because I don't know the American one? I don't know the Japanese one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead. I'll, I'll look or it up. Describe it. 
What what is Sonic tail what is Sonic and Tails too? Hmm, I wonder yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's not the same as the American name. Is if it, it is, is it, true, is is the is that game Sonic Sonic Blast? I think. No. What no, system is the no. game you're on? Thinking uh, game, thinking of on Game Gear. Okay. Yeah. Here, let me see if I that's can right. find out. Um, I didn't realize that this game would have a different name in different regions. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. It was. Yep. Yep. So- Sonic and Tails Two in Japan. So it says nice. Wikipedia. The American name is um Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble. Okay. I, I don't know the American name, so there you go. I did not, yeah, if I had known that had a different name, I probably would have not written that question. Yeah. Alright, so we've got um, 800 and 1,000 left in that category, and then all the other categories are completely available. Let's continue. Alright, um, for 800 points, uh, the first game to have a demo on the U.S. eShop. That's Zach. What is Resident Evil Revelations? I think or that's Revel- wrong. Latins. No, it's right. It's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got the name wrong. It's Revelat, Revelat, Revelation, Revelat. <laughs> yeah, you're right. My my copy's called that. Yeah. Uh, my copy's yeah. just called Revelations. What the hell do you guys are talking about? <laughs> there was a typo on the U.S. box art. I know. It says Revelation. That just like the two of you guys. Oh, I see. <laughs> that that only published. happened on the American box art. <laughs> Well, no, I suppose the Canadian box art was probably the same in the Mexican, too. Maybe that's how Canadians spell revelations. <laughs> <laughs> no, they would have put, put a U in there. They would have put a U in it. Okay, that is racist towards Europeans. Shut it. <laughs> no, it's racist towards Canadians. Yeah, but Europeans do, too. <laughs> in Europe, is it called Sonic Colors? Yes, of course. <laughs> Okay, this is racist. Shut it. I thought we're just like all that. You spell words funny. <laughs> Zach, you will be at E3, right? Oh yeah, I'll be at E3. I will kick your ass. <laughs> all right. I'll kick your ass in Mario Kart. It's Zach. Zach, yes. you, Zach, you live in Alaska. That's basically Canada, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. We, we, although we are not obsessed with hockey like they are. Um, well, I am. Go Devils. Uh, yeah, right are now. they winning right now? Oh my god. Uh, I'll take the last one in this category. Alright. Uh, a music video from this band was used to promote the launch of the eShop's Nintendo video section. That's Zach. Okay, go! Correct. Awesome band, by the way. That was kind of a pretty good video, too. Yeah, their videos are always very interesting, so they make a good choice. Wait, do you want, guys have an I, Okay, Go video? Yep. Hell yeah, yeah, we well, don't anymore. Out, yeah, it came out, and it was available for like the first month, and then okay. they took it away. Hmm. Yeah, that was hard. That was kind of U- U.S.-centric. That really wasn't fair to Dan. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the rest of these will be a little more even. Um, and for a scoring update, uh, Pedro still at a thousand. Zach has jumped to thirty-three hundred. What's up? And uh, Dan has uh, made up some ground. He's at eleven hundred. So wow, sitting in second. Yeah, I'm pr- feeling pretty good about that. Yeah. Don, we would have we we would have accepted Kylie Minogue for uh, the <laughs> European uh, eShop. <laughs> Oh, Zach, I'm totally gonna kick your ass now. <laughs> Is she still making music? Yeah, dude, she's good. Really? Kylie's good, man. I thought Don't she stop. went away in the 90s. She was in a Doctor Who episode a few years ago. Oh my yeah, gosh, you're kidding me. Space Titanic episode. Yeah, it was awesome. a good one. It was wow. a Christmas special. Even. Yeah, really good. Alright, so categories left. Trivia Time Capsule, Disney Games, Accessorizing, and E3 Flashbacks. Accessorizing for the first number. Okay. Um, 
It was necessary in order to save Ghost Data in Mario Kart 64. Zach. What is the memory pack? Incorrect. <gasps> that was my answer. That was going to be my answer. All right. You guys are right, but you're wrong. Yeah, it, it, that's what it is, but it's technically called the controller pack. Oh, yeah. P-A-K. P-A-K. Yeah. Pack. yeah that was when Nintendo was Pock. trying to be unique. I tried to be different from the memory card. Yeah, and have it yeah. jam into the bottom of the controller. So, uh, yeah, so Zach, the board is still yours. I'm sad. Let's keep going. Okay, and that is our daily double. Oh, God. <laughs> one of them. <laughs> one, one of them, yeah. Do, 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 do. So, Zach, what would you like to wager? Uh, you sit at 3,100, well, well above everyone else. <laughs> Let's do 500. 500, okay. This game came with a special Mario-themed dance pad. Oh, it's, um... Dance Dance Revolution Mario Mix. Correct. Ugh. What's up? <laughs> Should have made it a true daily double. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. You would have been yeah, way that's ahead. That's true. <laughs> one, of, one of the final games to be called Dancing Stage in Europe. You know, I, I miss the DDR games. Like, if I if I could get Me a too. good quality pad, I'd buy another one. I used to drop probably, like, <clears throat> $20 a week into a DDR machine at the local arcade. Holy crap. Yeah, I got really good at it, and then I stopped playing it. And but that I don't know. I'm really good at Rock Band as a result because every every music game is really secretly just a rhythm game. Well, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. It's if you're good at percussion, yeah. you can play any music game very well. It's yeah. True. All right, so Zach, the board is yours. Keep on going. All right, for six hundred, Nintendo's first foray into rhythm gaming featured these. Ah, uh, looks like Pedro. Why is the Donkey Kong Bongos. Correct. The DK Bongos. I had four I sets love of those. those oh my gosh. Four I, I had, What happened was I bought a two I bought um Donkey Kong Country one and or Donkey Kong one and two from Japan. I got a bundle pack and then I bought a second set of bongos with it. And then I got the review copy of the American version of the game and they Nintendo sent two sets of bongos with that. Holy That's crap. Awesome. So we had four player Donkey Kong, which the game is kind of dumb, but with four people, it was surprisingly fun. We played it for hours. That was, that was the point. It, it was. It, it I know was because it's so dumb. It's so it, fun. It's so simple. You, it's you can do you know left, right, or both, and you can hit like top or bottom, and that's or you can hit the ta- the edge of the rim or the top of the bongo, and that's it. My hands would get so sore playing that. Yeah, it's Not to so. Mention that I still have them. I have every single version of Donkey Konga. Wow. Nice. It's the US version and Donkey Kong's 1 and 2 from Japan. Not to mention that the American version got really dumb where we just play and there was a farmer had a But it has a real big fish song, so shut The up. American version had a horrible soundtrack. No, it's got real big fish. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's roll on. So Pedro the board is yours. Uh the board and uh, is the category over. Um, no, no there's still left. two left. Let's finish, uh, that, uh, uh, accessories. Okay. For 800. Uh, this device let your Pokemon battle on your TV screen. Oh. Pedro. What is the... Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which split from the... N64? Yes. Uh, what is the... Jasper pack? Correct. Damn it. Oh. So close, uh. I still have mine. 
Me too. I still had mine. What were you saying, Dan? I was saying, ah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think you were going to get it for a second, Pedro. <laughs> I was kind of confused oh, by the I was kind of first confused by the question. Which Pokemon does he mean? Well, that's true. Pokemon was Stadium it... One and Two. Yeah. Was there a different device for uh, like GameCube and stuff? I guess there must have been. No, yeah, it was a wireless the... transfer from your yeah uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I should have clarified a little bit, but um. All right, Pedro. You just want to finish that one out? Yep. Okay. You couldn't charge your Game Boy Advance SP and use these at the same time. Oh. Huh? Oh. What? Yeah. I didn't listen. Headphones, baby! Correct. Yeah, one of the most short-sighted design decisions right. ever. Well, on top of that, you had to buy a special set of headphones. Adapter. Yeah. It didn't yeah. even have a headphone jack. Yeah, you could buy an adapter, yeah. Right. That was a really good Penny Arcade when they were talking about how great the SP is over the original GBA, but the kid and says, but I can't use my headphones. He says, yeah. nope, you're still fucked. All right, Scott, can we have a score update? Sure. So after that category, Pedro's up to 2,400, Zach is at 4,600, and Don is at 1,100. It's lonely. Right, it's so it's lonely at the top. Our remaining categories are Trivia Time Capsule, Disney Games, and E3 Flashbacks. I'm staying the hell away from Disney Games, so let's do uh, the Time <laughs> Capsule again. All right. Uh, for how many points? The first one. All right. I don't know why we ask. You guys always go in order. It's very boring. <laughs> Trivia Time Capsule 200. In Super Mario RPG, the value of one golden beetle in frog coins. <gasps> Ooh. Zach? What is 10? Incorrect. Anybody else? Could you repeat that question one more time? Um, <laughs> if Pedro answers it incorrectly, I will. Uh, what <laughs> he is, just buzzed uh... in. <laughs> Uh, what is, uh, 50 points? No. Well, that would beat the game right there. <laughs> okay. Beat the I question. will reread the question. In Super Mario RPG, the value of one golden beetle in frog coins. This is a currency, uh, <laughs> exchange <conversion> rate question. <laughs> exchange rate question. Oh. Okay, I'm, I'm calling nah. that nobody. Nah. The answer is one. They are worth exactly the same. Ah, uh, oh, they really? trade, trade oh. evenly on on the exchange. Nicely one done, One golden sir. beetle is one frog coin. Yeah, kind of a trick question there, huh? Yeah, yeah, or at least a dick question. Uh, who's in control of the board? I think it's Zach. Zach. Uh, keep going, sir. All right. Uh, Chaturga bests this force in eternal darkness. What? What? Huh? Chaturga beats this opposing force oh, in eternal darkness. Oh, I see, the god. I did not word it right. Uh. <laughs> uh, I just recently played that game. <laughs> Time's up. The answer is Zelatov. I was wrong. <laughs> I can't even remember what the third one is. You got what lucky. Is the th What's the third one? Antarok. Antarok. Parno that's Parnoth. No, I think you're right. I think you're right with the first one. Okay. Okay, well, Zach, you're in control of the board. Go on. This game's television commercial included the quote, You think I'm a chump? Try the raccoon. That sounds so <laughs> familiar and so 90s. These are hard. Uh, time is up. The answer is Animal Crossing. I was going to say that, ah, but I didn't want to mm. risk it. 
<laughs> oh, I should be doing well. Yeah, Zach, you didn't want to risk it with all those points you have. <laughs> all right. Um, there's 800 and 1,000 left in Trivia Time Capsule, and then uh, E3 flashback, flashbacks and Disney games. Keep going okay. with this. All right, as a daily double. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> Zach, nope. get them all. <laughs> all of them daily doubles for Zach. Uh, how, sucks. how many points does he have, Scott? Zach, you're at 4,400. Um, let's do another 500. All right. The spin-off company created by Konami so they could publish more than five NES Wait, wait, period. wait, wait. Before you finish that question, did you guys count my last daily double as 1,000 points? Mm, well, no, you bet, a, you bet 500. I know, but it's double jeopardy. Yeah, but you bet 500. You, so you get 1,000. or you bet, No, you bet what you bet. Oh, you do? Right. Oh, yeah, shit. I think so. <laughs> well, all yeah. right, screw it. All right, so... Ultra, what is ultra? <laughs> that is correct. Huh. Little history lesson for those of you that don't know. On the NES, Nintendo would not grant more than five um, licenses for games per year to any individual developer. And right. when Konami wanted to release more than five games, they just spun off a second company to get five more. Yep. I wish, like, it would have been really lame. Like, they would have just called it, like, Skonami or something. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Ultra. That would have been awesome. Konami just oh, put Konami an extra backwards. I at the end. Konami yeah, backwards. exactly. All right, so we got 1,000 points left in that category, plus Disney games and E3 flashbacks. Um, E3 flashbacks. Oh, mixing it up. Wait, no, we're not done? There's a thousand. Damn it! <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> All right. Um, the maximum time required to see Samus's face at the end of Super Metroid. Oh, Super uh, Metroid. Sick. <laughs> Wait, no, that's right. Not. Yes, yes, I know this. Okay. What is two hours? Incorrect. Oh, ten. or face. Shit. Her face. Just her Ow, face. If you do it under ten, it's her face. <laughs> I like that you didn't give anyone else a chance. I mean, maybe no one knew it, but you were just Gee, told thanks, the guy. Oh shit! I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn it. Well, I propose that we give Pedro and Dan 500 points each as a consolation <laughs> because that question was worth a thousand. When we did the Jeopardy live, Neil would always do that. You <laughs> just you would just give out the answer when there were just people. Neil, I wanna hand it. I wanna hand it. Yeah, exactly. We're on a hand. <laughs> okay, well, left are, um, Scott, if you want to give them each 500 points, go ahead. Well, did either uh, of you actually know that? Yeah, I, I had not actually answered that question. And you were going to guess 10? I was going to get, if I was being honest, I would have guessed around 10, 11, yes. Okay, uh, you know, I, I'll give you a kind con- I'll do, that was worth a thousand, let's give you 500 as a consolation yeah, prize. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Okay. I won't run a hand anymore of these questions. Yeah, and that, that keeps it interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a scoring update, Pedro, 2200. Zach, 3,900. Yeah. And then uh, 1,600. There we go. Not bad. All right. So Disney games and E3 flashbacks. E3. And it's, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, for 200? Yep. Okay. Um, this year at E3, Nintendo showcased Mario, Metroid, and Zelda games for the GameCube. Uh, that is... Z- is it... I think it was Pedro? Pedro. Pedro. What is E3 2002? Correct. That is, yes, Pedro says E3 2002, <laughs> which is correct. Okay, uh, E3 flashbacks for 400. The Wii was first announced in 2004 under this code name. That's Dan. What is Nintendo Revolution? Correct. That is correct. Let's continue. Alright. Um, Nintendo thought they had their finger on the pulse of the market when they showed off this vaporware Wii peripheral in 2009. 
Got to give that to Zach. What is the um, the? Oh fuck! It's it's the pulse, the pulse thing, the the finger pulse. God damn it! No, that's not it. All right, um, <laughs> goes the Dan. Dan, what is the Wii Vitality Sensor? Correct. Let's continue. Getting a, getting a comeback at the end here. This is exciting. All right, would you like to continue with that one? Yeah. Uh, for 800 points, in 2006, this survival horror game was teased for the Wii, but was never released. That's uh, Pedro. Uh, that was a big mistake. Um, do <laughs> uh, me horror game teased for the Wii. 2006. Never came, never came out. Never came out. Oh, I have like... Um, yeah, time's up. <laughs> time's up. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I the have answer. One, I, have one in my I almost head. said I almost wrote a hand it. Okay. I, I have one in my head, but I, but if I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it got released in Europe. Okay, so no, this game definitely never got released. <laughs> okay, so then, I guess that's it. That is the one I think of. Uh, the answer is sadness. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. All right, but we got that was, uh, that was teased. Ready to eat. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah, it was teased in a in a reel um, at the opening of E3 2006. Uh, and huh. then, last question in this category for 1,000 points. Nintendo shocked their audience in 2000 by promoting this game with an open bar on the show floor. That is Pedro. What is Conker's Bad for a Day? And that is correct. Wow. Nice. Score update. This is going to be good. Yeah, shit's getting close. So we have Pedro. Luckily, he got that one. He's boosted back up to 2,600. Yay! Zach has stumbled a bit to 3,300. Mm. And uh, Don has shot up a little bit himself. Now he's at 2,600 as well. Oh! This is tight. And yeah. last category, Disney games. Okay. Well, this is where I give up the lead. <laughs> <laughs> no, you might know some of these. You might know some of these. All right. Do you just want to start at the top, or do you want to... There might be some strategy here in picking the, uh, the the point value of the questions. Okay. Do it the normal way to piss him off. Well, well, and the first category on Disney games. All right. For 200 points, uh, this, uh, this first Disney character was reintroduced to the world in Epic Mickey. That is Pedro. Who is Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Correct. That's correct. <laughs> you just want to keep going? Yep. All right, 400 points. In Disney's Magical Quest, Mickey dons this hat to use magic-based powers. What is the magician's hat? you got to be a little more specific. And also, I didn't call your name. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll you give you a chance to be a little more specific. Uh, what is the magician's hat? Wizard's hat. Wizard hat. No. That is incorrect. Mm, uh, he wears a, uh, he dons a turban. Yeah, oh yeah, now I remember. Fuck. He also <laughs> wears, uh, you a fireman's outfit. I was gonna say, you didn't really give them a chance to guess again. Shit! <laughs> I run hand it! Well, no one else seemed to know the answer. No one rang in. Yeah, but it's still not fair enough. I know, it's not fair. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mike's a jerk. I will, I will, uh, I, should I come up with another question real quick, just for no. Scott or just for uh, Zach and Dan? No, no, it's okay. Okay, Continue. I'm sorry, guys. They didn't. They, I don't think they knew it. <laughs> okay, for 600, in Adventures in the Magic Kingdom for the NES, this is the only land with two attractions that you can ride. Christ, 
That's Pedro. Uh, what is Adventureland? That is incorrect. Fuck. Can you, can you please repeat the question one more time? In Adventures in the Magic Kingdom for the NES, this is the only land which has two attractions that you can ride. I just realized that I, question. I, I, know, I know it's somewhere, but I can't figure it out. Zach, I assume you have no idea. <laughs> I played that game when I was little, but I have no idea. I love idea. that game. All right, well, I'm going to call time. The answer is Tomorrowland. You can ride both Space yeah. Mountain and the Tomorrowland uh, Speedway. Yeah, that was the answer I was going to say after that one, because I just remembered that the cars are in Tomorrowland. Yeah, um, Pirates of the Caribbean is in Adventureland. Haunted Mansion is in Liberty Square. Uh, yeah. But if this was Disneyland, they would both have been in Adventureland. Yeah, I was thinking Disneyland, because as in the game, it's actually in Disneyland and not Disney World. No, it's Adventures in the Magic Kingdom. That's the Orlando theme park. And it's got yeah, the Orlando but... theme park on the cover of the box and everything. <laughs> this is Ghost Beyond Me. I only no. know the Paris one. Right. <laughs> the Disneyland but... park is just called Disneyland. It's not called the Magic Kingdom. But, Mike, when the Pirates of the Caribbean broke down, the pirates didn't eat the tourists. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. Nice Thanks for the Jurassic Park reference. We can always use those. All right. We got 800 points. Rare developed this N64 Disney racing game. Uh, Pedro? <laughs> what is uh, Mickey Speedway USA? Correct. Correct. Wow. Oh. I looked. I did not even know that until this morning when I wrote this question. <laughs> I did not know that they ever did that game or anything even remotely like it. All right, last question. Uh, I guess should we get a score update real quick? Yeah, just to, for the final question. Uh, Pedro yeah. has sort of gone back and forth. He's the only one who's done anything, actually. And he's re- he's returned to 2,600. <laughs> yeah. he, at, he, at one point, was down to 1,800, but that last question bumped him back up to 2,600. And that's it? <laughs> that's it. Zach's at 3,300. Dan's still at 2,600. All right. Uh, for 1,000 points in DuckTales for the NES, you are searching for this treasure on the moon. Zach. What is cheese? A little more specific. Green cheese. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. The full answer is the green cheese of longevity. Oh. Whoa. I did not know that either, that it had a crazy (laughs) name like that. That has, uh, that level has perhaps the best best music of any any NES game. For sure. Yeah. Might just have to put that in here while you guys are figuring out Final oh, Jeopardy. please do. Could be the Final Jeopardy category. Screw the regular music. Right, I might do that. All right, so we are on to Final Jeopardy. Uh, it's just just a reminder for the scores. Uh, Pedro, you have 2,600. Zach has 4,300. And Don has 2,600. And you guys can each um, send your bets in a personal message to Scott. Yes, so go to Skype and not in this chat, but in a new chat with just me. Send me your wager. Um, but let me okay. give you the cat. Let me give you the category first. The category is name that decade. Okay, are you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So just to let you guys know, the answer is going to be a decade. So for example, you could say the 1950s. That would be a correct answer. What is the 1950s? Um, so it's got to be in that kind of that that form. So uh, the answer is the decade when Nintendo was founded.
Okay, I think I have everyone's answers now. Make sure. Who's in last place? Reveal that one first. So, um, last place, or well, we have a tie, so I'll go to Don. He, um, he only wagered a hundred dollars. He's playing conservative. And, uh, his answer was the exact year. It was what is 1889, which is correct. Which bumps him up God to 2700. Damn it. Why did I bet so low? Okay. No. I know, you, I was surprised when I saw 100. I was gonna ask you to make sure, but I was like, well, he, he, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking it's nothing gonna be for me. And then, um, okay, and then next was Pedro. Pedro wagered 1500, and his answer is what is the 1800s, which is off by 89 years. <laughs> so that is incorrect. So let me oh. adjust his score. Got the century right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then last was Zach, who said, uh, what are the 1890s? So off by eight by a year. Uh. He, he wagered a thousand though. Which brings him down to 3,300 and still the winner oh, of uh, this round of Jeopardy. You are lucky uh, Don wasn't confident in himself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He would have been in trouble. Oh, thank God. So congratulations, Zach. Woo! Yeah, Yay! Something. Yeah. All right. Hooray! So that has been a wonderfully successful round of Jeopardy. Uh, thanks a lot to Don, uh, Pedro, yep. and Zach. Yeah. It was fun. It, it, it was my first time. It was insane. <laughs> And of course, to my uh, my co-host Scott. Uh, Always a pleasure, Mike. It's been uh, it's been it wonderful, fun. and I guess we will uh, see you guys uh, probably next month for another round of Jeopardy. Bye. Bye. Fun, fun. <laughs> Bye. Bye. For listening to this week's episode and I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget you can send your email questions to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com and if you have the time please rate and review us in iTunes. Uh, don't forget E3 is coming up real soon. We'll be having a ton of coverage uh, both from Radio Free Nintendo's away team and the home team here with the connectivity crew. So keep listening and we will see you next week.